0: Pastor, God bless you. All right. Isn't it good to be a part of the church? If you're involved in everything, you'll be wore out. <laughs> I can tell y'all already are. <laughs> How many of you had a rough day today? Yeah, hard working day. And uh, well, it's good to be here tonight, and uh, it's good to be able to have prayer together and and uh, we want to look at uh, Pastor Scripture tonight, if you would, open to the uh, book of Acts, if you would, if you'd open your precious Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Now, all of you know, I've mentioned it, Brother Don's mentioned it, we've been mentioning it for weeks. Our mission conference is coming up on this Sunday. October's always been set aside as our mission month, it, of course, for the flags, and uh, we'll have missionaries, I'm sure, uh, from the Philippines here, and hopefully to Africa, I do know that a man from uh, uh, Vietnam will will be in the area. I hope he'll be able to be in our church. I spoke with Ron today, and uh, I should have asked him if he was coming to our place. Um, I know he's meeting Caesar uh, not far from here, and uh, they're going to have to get up to a church uh, near Nashville, and we'll be splitting those men. So let's remember all that. But in in emphasis of our mission mission, conference I want to just look at this very powerful of scripture but also a very well known pastor scripture many would call it the Macedonian call and when you look in Acts chapter 16 if you'll begin reading with me with verse number 8 um, the Bible says in Matthew or in Acts chapter 16 and actually let's go to verse 6 Acts chapter 16 verse 6 now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia. I thought this was interesting. And were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. That's interesting, isn't it? They weren't just prevented. The Bible very clearly says they were prevented of the Holy Ghost. Verse seven, after they were come to Magia, they assayed to go into Bithynia, but the spirit suffered them not. So... The stops, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but also I believe the stops are also ordered by the Lord. The Bible says in verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, Immediately we, which most would think that would be Luke, endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now I think this is an interesting passage of Scripture. Um, We know that it's perfect, it's without error, but I think it's interesting that the Bible Uh, points out here as they're selling to go, and by the way, we know what he's doing because if you look in verse five, the Bible says, and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So obviously God's work was growing. They were going about encouraging the churches that they had already visited and planted. Man, the churches are growing, people's getting saved. But then this is very interesting in verse six. It's like the Lord spotlights as Paul and them are going to go preach the gospel to what every creature. The Holy Spirit prevents them going into Asia, prevents them to go to Bithynia. But the Bible makes it very clear in verse nine. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed himself, come over to Macedonia. And so after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. So they had a green light. They had a green light. And by the way, we have a green light. The Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which is lost. We have a green light. We've been given a call. To see lost people saved. We're, we're the light of the world. And I want to just kind of emphasize tonight that uh, when we look at this pastor scripture, if, and I know many of you have been here, but most of the missionaries that we bring in during the HELP conference is national men. That means they're living there in their country, their village, their tribe, their people. They know the language. They know the culture, they can eat the food. Without getting sick, by the way. Somebody say amen. You say, is that real? It's real. And uh, in some areas, some places, and if you go on a mission trip, you have to be very careful. What you eat, how you eat, you've got to be very careful. You can get very sick. You can pick things up very quickly. Now, so I thank God, and as we see here, Paul is going and reaching people for the Lord, establishing churches, and then leaving. And uh, we know that the Lord's work is carried on by these people that live there, and I thank for that. And when they went back to the same churches, the Bible says that they were growing, they were increasing, they were multiplying. But I am very thankful for this passage of Scripture, and I really want to emphasize this, when we think about these men coming to this church, they're coming into America, and if you've never been out of this country, it's different than here. And sometimes we look at these men, and I'm just being honest with you. I, I've been in it long enough to know some people look at these men like, you know, they're second class people. Look at me. They are not. These men, very most of them can speak many languages. I can't even speak one. Somebody say amen. They are very, most of them are, and by the way, it doesn't matter whether they're intelligent or not, here's the key, God has called them, and they have a burden for their people. They've been given a vision, as this vision was given to Paul, and I think when we see these men and we hear their hearts, we're going to understand that these men have a burden, have a vision for their people. So I want to talk to you tonight about this missions call, the missions call. We could call it the Macedonia call. By the way, it is, because here was a man of Macedonia saying, come over and help us. And because of that vision, the gospel was carried to Europe, and from Europe to Hinton, where I got saved. And by the way, it, got, it, got, it came from Europe to Chattanooga or wherever you from. We met some folks tonight. Brother Palmer's family is here, some of his family. And they're from Charlottesville, Virginia, not far from West Virginia. I could give you a history lesson there. West Virginia really, some say, is the illegal state in the whole union. They broke away from Virginia in a time of conflict. The very thing that the union was trying to fight the South not to do West Virginia did it. They broke away from their own state. And so, uh, but because this vision and because Paul was willing to go, the gospel went to Europe. And because it went to Europe, listen to me, it came to the United States of America and let's make it even smaller, it came to 1600 Temple Street, hitting West Virginia. And you can put your address there wherever you was. Because of this call, it reached you. Aren't you thankful? So let's look at this vision for a moment. The vision, it's very clear. The Bible says, and a vision appeared to Paul. Now obviously, there was some type of, uh, there was some type of delays. There was hindrances. I don't know what they were, but the Bible says very clearly, the Holy Spirit kept us from going there. So obviously, we could have looked at it and probably said, Oh, well, that was some human catastrophe there that kept them from Asia. Maybe the, uh, maybe the boat started leaking. I don't know. But listen to me sometimes when our cars break down, that could be divinely appointed. I, I thought about this. I even thought about our hospital stays can be divinely appointed. I told my wife the other day, I said, man, I miss Charlie Nicholson. Y'all miss the grumpy, i gonna tell you what, old Charlie Nicholson was one of the grouchiest men I've ever met, amen? <laughs> he was just grouchy. But you know what? I got there towards the end, he'd actually tell me he loved me. But I'll never forget, he was, I mean, he was up there in that rehab, and he had broke that, that, that hip here, and, He was in there and I mean he was talking to that nurse something awful and I mean he was being sharp with her and I'm sitting there with him and when she walked out of that door, I looked at Charlie. I said, brother Charlie, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. He's like, whoa, whoa. I was like, you're a Christian. I said, you're talking to this poor lady? Like she is absolutely, I said, we don't even know if she's saved. We don't know what. He said, oh, you're right. And I want to say this, that I can sit there and fuss at Charlie Nicholson, but I'm going to be honest with you, I wonder sometimes when I get frustrated, I'm probably not much of a witness either. And here's what I'm looking at. I don't know, maybe Paul was more spiritual than that, but I know it was human. I'll guarantee you they were frustrated that they couldn't get where they wanted to go. But they realized that it was of the Holy Ghost that kept them. So again, I not only believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but we obviously know the stops also many times are of the Lord. But we see here this vision came. And here's a man, this Macedonia from Macedonia, which represented everyone from the Greek culture, the Gentile world, European war. Hey, and, and, but here, here's the main thing it represented. He was lost without God. He had not gotten the good news of the gospel. So he said, come and help us. So with this great vision caused them to go. Now, I know that we do not have divine revelation like that. I'm not saying that God doesn't use dreams. I think he does. But we have his word. We have his word. God is not going to speak to you audibly like he did then. He's going to speak through his word. But I'm going to tell you something right now. We, if we ever lose sight or lose the mental comprehension of the worth of souls, we will become a dead church. One of the reasons why the mission conference is the most important part or one of the most important things of our whole year is because it emphasizes again the importance of the gospel and the importance of souls and the importance of where are we involved in that. I'm afraid that we've looked here in America at all of these churches, these gospel centers, these uh, these great places where we meet, the community churches or the redemptive centers or the churches or whatever they want to be called today, I'm wondering how much are they doing to get the gospel to their neighbor? How much are we doing to get our gospel, get our gospel, our good news to the neighbor? I know we talk about it a lot. I hear a lot of other people talking about it's all about the gospel, but I'm going to be honest, I don't see a lot of people going One of the reasons why we have the event we're having over here. I believe it gives us an opportunity to open a door and people will come in. They're going to see some people can have some fun, but it will give us an opportunity to give the gospel. But I want to say this vision is important. Why? Because there's a need of the vision. There's a need of a vision. The Bible says if there is no vision the people perish. So what is church all about? What is our ultimate goal here? What What are we trying to do? Are we just trying to have a fellowship? We should have a fellowship. Do we just have these meetings to come in and fill out an hour, hour and 15 minutes of our day? Are we having Sunday school just to say we've been there? Do we have a nursery back here just so we can keep some children from crying in the service? Are we having a children's meeting over here tonight with all the workers over there just so we can babysit children, get them from their parents so they can go and do whatever they want to do? Do we have a nursery in the back? Why do we do what we do? Why are we having a mission conference? Why do we get, listen to me, it should be all about souls. I'm afraid here in America we want to talk about the churches and what they can do for us and I'm asking what can we do for them we are to be serving not being served everybody's looking for a church that fits their needs I'm wondering where's a church that's going to go out with the gospel and they're going to see people saved wow they need a vision we need a vision of souls we need a vision of the Lord we need a vision the Bible says, well, there's no vision. We ought to have a vision of the worth of people. Can I ask y'all a question? What do y'all see when you see those three little boys sitting on this second row misbehaving? Well, I know what most people see. I'll tell you right now, they don't need to be here. No, they need to be here. They just need to be helped. <laughs> they need to be helped. They need to be talked to like you were. They need to be trained like you were. They might not have the people in their life like you had. That's why church is here. Because they see the worth of those children's souls. They see what they can be. See, if we don't have a vision, we perish. You know what happens? We just get put out with people. If we don't have a vision, we just get put out with people. You know what's exciting? To see people change. How many of you know you've changed? It's exciting, isn't it? I love to see people getting desire. And by the way, when you start seeing them doing it, here's what happens in people's lives. They come in and they just start a little bit. They get in church on Sunday morning and they just kind of get involved a little bit. But then you start seeing the Lord work and then the next thing you know, they start coming in a little bit more and they start coming in a little bit more and then next thing you know, they're here all the time. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all know what that feels like? You say well pastor why I'm going to tell you why that encourages me because that helps my vision because I want you to know something We, we have to have a vision of what God can and is doing and he had a vision he sent him this vision it was very clear the nature of this vision was very simple Paul realized look this is the Lord telling me I need to get over there to Macedonia there's people there that need the Lord so when we think about this vision, it's powerful. We need to have a vision. We don't want to perish. We need to realize God wants to save people, and God uses the church. And the church is not a building. It's a group of people. So here's my question. Is he using you? Can I say this? This is a great way. Get them out. We've got tracks in the rack. Get them out. Here in a little bit, uh, this week, uh, I'm going to be talking about it. We'll talk about it tonight. Now for all of you that are just starting, and some of you, you've done it every year, you've been here for 15 years, we always try to take up a faith promise this month. Faith promise is an amount of money that you give just for missionaries, just to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, we have a general fund here. What we, we believe the church, the church, the Bible teaches it, how God funds his work is everybody's to give the 10th. That's the 10th. We could talk about that, but that's what the Bible teaches. We believe that the 10th is the Lord's. That's how God funds his work. But then he says over there in the Old Testament, where have we robbed you? He said in tithes and offerings. So we believe offering is more than a tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. Listen, we don't give the tithe, we bring the tithe. That's the Lord's. He allows us to live on 90. How many of y'all would like for him to switch that around? I'm glad he said, y'all can have 90, I'll take 10. And by the way, it funds the church. But what we like to do is we like to be able to give offerings to missionaries, and we support missionaries out of the Faith Promise Fund. And by the way, that has grown every year. And I'm not saying this, but when I got here 15 years ago, we were paying most of our missionaries out of our general fund. We were taking in about $450 a month in Faith Promise. Now it's up over $3,000 a month. And we support all of our missionaries through Faith Promise. So your giving supports every missionary that we have. And by the way, we have over 115 of them that we support. And so we're going to be asking you this week, you don't put your name on it, 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 has, it we, no one will ever know, but this is for us, it's my faith promise, dependence upon God, I have purposed in my heart to give to the world evangelism through this local church the following amount, and you can write it in there, no one will see it. But then you can tear this off and you have a little place here that you're reminded that this is what you're going to give towards Faith Promise every week or every month, however you want to do it. But this gives us a record. There's no name on it. This gives us a record of how much we kind of know what's coming in for Faith Promise. Now, every year we always get more that comes in than what people fill out a card. I don't know if people just feel like, that hey, I'm not filling out a card. I don't know if people just don't think it's important. And that's fine. As long as it comes in, I don't care. But this helps us to kind of see how we're progressing and giving the missions. By the way, why do we do all this? What's this all about? Well, you're going to hear it next week. Because I have a feeling some of the men that will be here, I have a feeling one or two, maybe more, will be here, we support them. And because of our gifts, and because of our vision of what can take place in another country, is giving these men an opportunity to reach their world. Amen? To the vision. Can I say the voice? We see the voice here. Notice the voice, the man from Macedonia says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, There stood a man of Macedonia, and here it is, and prayed him. That word, begging him. He's pleading with him. He's praying to him. So this man's desperate. He's praying. I want you to notice the wording. Saying, it's very simple. Come over into Macedonia and help us. Help us. Now, I'm gonna tell y'all something. When somebody's in real trouble, They're not going to sit there and say, now I tell you, I hope that you will stop what you're doing because I am in some serious trouble here that I'm not going to be able to get out of. You're not going to do that. I've never seen a mom that's looking at their child that is very ill and maybe on the brink of death ever say, I believe that he has gotten some contagious disease. I don't know the name of it, but whatever it is, it's too long to spell, but it's about to kill him. No, what I hear people say is, help! Help me! Huh. <laughs> I'll never forget it. At Gravestone Baptist Church on a Wednesday night we had Master Club. There was kids running around everywhere. There was this little girl and she come in my presence and she, she was choking. Well, a woman looked at me and she said, Pastor, she's choking. I picked this little girl up I grab her underneath the sternum and I pick her up and I start swinging her in the. Her poor little legs are just swinging and I'm trying to do the Heimlich and I don't even know what I'm doing. As I'm doing it, I'm saying, Help! Help! I knew there was a nurse in our gym because her name was Sherry. I could not think of her name. All of a sudden, she comes running over there. She grabs the little girl and she starts doing the Heimlich maneuver on her. Finally, the little girl, after we're wailing on her stomach, finally just says, I'm not. In between him." she's going, I'm not. Choke. And so I, I'm, I'm hysterical. I'm like, what? She, she's like, please quit squeezing me. She said, I'm not choked. I don't know what happened to her, but she wasn't choked. But after we got done with her, her daddy told me her ribs sure was sore. But here's the point. I wasn't sitting there thinking, what nasty or what are you choked about? I was going, help. Help. That's what this man was doing. Why was he calling out help? I'm going to tell you, he was desperate. You know what? Lost people are desperate. Many of them don't know it, but they're still desperate. They need help. They need the gospel. They need what you and I have. They're desperate. This was a desperate voice. Hey, can I say this was a separated voice? they, They don't know the gospel. He said, you need to come and help us. Help us with what? They need the gospel. They need to know Jesus Christ. And we have, we have Him. We have the antidote. We have the prescription. We have the cure. It's the Lord Jesus. And by the way, when people are lost, they're separated from God. But oh, I'm glad when they get saved, they're brought nine to the Lord. They become a child of God. But this man was separated. This was a separating voice. Can I say this? There were a, it was a starving voice. Help me. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, it, it, it is pitiful if you go to certain countries. I went to Africa. I was in Eldoret. I was in Kenya. I was in several other little small villages all in that area. And I'm going to be honest with you. We don't know poverty here. We, we, we really have no idea what poverty is. I've seen poverty in Eldoret, Kenya. I've seen it. There, there are situations there that not a one of us could live in. None of us. Some of the places that I walked in, there's not a one of us could live there long term. And that was their home. That was their way of life. So we, 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 our hearts go out to People. By the way, most Kenyans, if they're lucky, they get one meal a day. And if you've seen what most of them ate, you wouldn't eat it. But we couldn't eat it. We'd get sick. (laughs) But I'm just telling you, poverty, a starving person, that is sad. And physically, our heart goes out to people like that. But I'm talking about they're starving spiritually. Could you imagine someone that has absolutely no concept of what it means to be able to get up on a Sunday and go to church and be able to be fed something spiritually that nourishes our soul? Could you imagine how much they're starving when they have to bury a loved one or when they go through all the tragic things of life? They're starving for that peace. They're starving for hope that they do not have. This was a starving voice. Can I say it was a... Straying voice. They're just wandering, drifting through life. People without the Lord, they're not living, they're just wandering through life. Trying one thing after another to fill the desires of their heart and they'll look all their life and never find it. They'll stray all their life and they'll try to fill it with everything this world has to offer, and they will never have it filled. People without God, it's a straying voice. Can I say it's a seeking voice? That's why it's so important we help these missionaries get and help reach their people because I'm going to tell you something and I know the Palmers understand this. There are people looking for something true and I'm going to tell you, I believe when someone starts seeking, God always puts somebody in front of them to give it to them. There's going to be people. There's people seeking here but I know there's people seeking all over the world. This is a seeking voice. Can I say this? This is a voice of dying. He says, help us, come and help us. Why? Because they have no light. They have no light. Could you imagine not having any light, no Bible, no scripture, no nothing to to gauge life upon, no light. You're always in darkness. They were dying because they had no light. Hey, they had no liberty. Without the Lord, there's no true freedom, no liberty. All they know is the bondage of sin. They have no freedom. They have no liberty. Hey, they have no love. Can you believe that? Think about this voice. It was a dying voice. Why? Because they had no love. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, their family loved him. Yes, but listen to me. God is love. And if you don't know God, you can't love like he loves. You really, truly don't know real love till you know Jesus. It's a dying voice. But can I say, there was also another voice here. It's a voice of God. You know what he was saying? Go tell him. Go tell him. That's what he told him. Look what he said. He spoke to Paul. And Paul said, hey, I'm going to go into Macedonia, surely gathering that the Lord had called us, what? For to preach the gospel unto them. That's our message, church. You can never go wrong with giving the gospel. What? The death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died to save all men. Jesus Christ paid for the sin out of the whole world. Yes, we're guilty. Yes, he was sinless. Yes, he was innocent because he loved us so much. This innocent and the guiltless died for the guilty. And I'm so thankful that he loved me enough that he could be the only one that could pay for my sin. And by the way, he did that. And when he did it, and I'm thankful as a five-year-old boy, somebody shared the gospel with me and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior and I've never been the same. I thank God for the gospel. Are you glad for the gospel? Now we have the gospel. Let's not be stingy with it. God's called us. We have a divine voice. He's told every one of us, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now look, not all of us can go to Kenya. Now we might can go for a week, but I'm going to tell y'all right now, we're not going to be able to live like some of these men. I'm just being honest with you. And I, you know, I can tell y'all I can eat about anything now. Somebody say, man, I can eat about anything because you know I can't taste it no how. But I'm going to tell y'all something right now. There's some places in Kenya, listen to me, there ain't no way I could live there. But I'm going to tell y'all right now, y'all going to see some men here next week that can. And God told us to go, and we might not ever be able to go, but we sure can help send these men to go. And that's what this mission conference is all about, for us to go where we can and to help get them where they can. Amen because that voice is out there crying, come help us, come help us, come help us, come help us. And by the way, we ain't gotta go across the pond or anywhere out of this continent or even out of this city or even out of this community. There are people right here that need help and need the gospel. Let's ask God to make us a, a lighthouse to this community and let's pray that God will help us to be, listen to me, proclaimers of the gospel you know what I'd love to hear? Okay, right now, if you get around one of them people go to Tiptoni Baptist Church, they're going to tell you how much Jesus loves you. All they're going to talk about is that Jesus died for my sin and he paid for my sin and if you'll trust him as your savior, you can get saved. Hey, listen, that'd be the best compliment we ever got. Now before you leave tonight, go around the back, go out the back, there's track racks back there. Let's get them all empty and let's hand them out. Let's get them out, let's start giving out the gospel. Tracks, they're in the racks, right in the back. There's some on the table. Go by, pick them up, go take them out. I haven't seen one over at the gas station in a while. I used to see them at the gas pumps. Hey, I haven't seen them in Cracker Barrel in a while. I haven't seen them in the bathrooms at Mer- Erlanger in a while, which, of course, I haven't been over in a while. But <laughs> well, let's get them out. Let's put it out. Let's, put the good, let's get to good news. Hey, we, we're supposed to be fishermen man. How you gonna catch fish without the hook? The gospel's the hook. We got the hook. We got the bait. We got the soft plastic. We got the crank bait. We got the, sh- hey, we got, and some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? Those are all lures that work. We got the little Bobby Garlands in them tracks. We're fishermen of men. Let's go out, put it out there. How many of y'all will pick up some tracks tonight? We say amen. If we run out, there's more in the back. Just go back there and, and those, uh, that wooden chest back there in the very foyer, there's a whole box of them in there. Let's stand to our feet. We have a vision for souls. We hear in the voice. And then I should have closed with this, but there was a vessel. Paul went. He used human vessel. Paul went. He's going to use us. Will you let him? You'd be praying about what God would have you do in the matter of missions. God will multiply. it. He'll help these men get to where they need to go to get to those ones that are in need of help. Amen. Let's pray that God would use us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, you've given us a task. You've given us a mission. That's to reach the lost, to give out your good news. It's your news. It's not my news. Gospel's the good news that you give and that you did. You died for our sins. Lord, your gift of salvation is free. You paid for it. So, Lord, I pray you'll help us to give out that good news. I pray you'll help us to hand out that good news. I pray that that would be our greatest compliment if someone talked about Tiftonia Baptist Church. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you get around one of them people, you're going to hear the gospel, the good news, that Jesus died for us. I pray you'll work in our hearts. Speak to us now. We ask it in Jesus' name, and all God's people say it. God bless you, have a great night. Hey men, sign up for the prayer breakfast Saturday.